Listening to the smooth and sultry sounds of KLAT Radio 94.7. We hope you're having a good Tuesday night. We sure as heck are. So grab a loved one, put your snuggies on, grab yourself a warm cup of cocoa with some marshmallows in it, and get ready for Sunspots Comics Podcast issue number 32. I'm your humble host uh, with a cold. This is Chris Latori. Hope you're all doing well and don't have the, the Christmas gunk. <laughs> and if you already do so and follow us on the internets, thank you. If you don't, please follow us at Sunspots Comics on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's good stuff. I like to post about what comic books I buy during the week. I like to post about what my favorite picks of these comic books that I read are. I like to throw out a feel-good comic book, feel-good factoid freebie every so often. <clears throat> Excuse me. And even talk about my articles that make my spider sense tingle and things like uh, every now and then artificial intelligence or i'm even going to bring back soon the how deep is your love if you remember that from early on in some early podcasts so fun stuff still coming and i'm also going to be putting together a end of the year podcast with some of my favorite picks I like to recap i'm going to go through my number ones and try to pick my favorite comic book of the year it's going to be hard so coming up very soon in uh, i think the podcast before Christmas actually we'll see but I'm going to put together some some lists put together some who was naughty and who was nice that kind of fun stuff and oh before I forget to zombiedestroyers.com please check out that website it's our website we're going to be uh, the I guess now this is announcement number four and Jordan Hudson and I the artist on zombie destroyers the comic book I'm writing will be showing some art of page one very soon so we're on track it's coming very soon it's gonna be black and white it's gonna be posted on zombiedestroyers.com and of course Instagram Facebook and Twitter at sunspots comics so very 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 close it's so much fun just I wish I could just write that beautiful comic book all day long it's just a blast and you know they say you can never write too much so the more background the more story the better and it just makes it a beefier meatier tastier comic book and i can't wait to show it to you and the world zombie destroyers so let's jump right in this week was crazy there was actually no uh news at all that i really uh, jumped out and really i found interesting to bring to you with say feel good factoid freebies and and the spider sense tingling stories or ai I think it was just all focused on Star Wars and, and people just shopping for Christmas. And and I hope you're all doing okay with all the shopping and the elbowing and the, the shopping cart demolition derby out there. I tell you, it's crazy. So be careful. Try to keep cool. I know that it's easy to want to just mess, mangle someone's head over something being 20% off, but it's not worth it. Just, just let it go. Let them have it. Who cares? And just go to Amazon or online. <laughs> but hope you're doing okay out there. And, and be careful. Take care of yourself. But uh, this week, then we'll just jump right in because I'm going to review seven comic books. I read 22 this week for New Comic Book Day, December 9th, 22. So the ratio of seven making it to my favorite picks, not so good. But uh, I have to mention before, I guess some that almost made it was a couple of horror comics. Like there were eight number ones this week. Only one made it to the top seven. And two of them were horror, which are actually pretty good. I'm going to peek in, I think, on the future, the episodes on issue, like, two. I have to mention Alabaster, the good, the bad, and the bird. Trippy story about this character's dead, but in hell. And hell is, like, just 
all white. It's like the staging area of the Matrix in the movie. Frightening. And this spirit is trying to get back to Earth. Interesting. I'm going to peek in on that, I think, from time to time. At least number two and see if it's worth going forward. Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just fun. Just to kind of kick-ass uh, chuckle here and there. Didn't quite make the favorites, but good. I'm going to keep going with that one. And the Eighth Seal. Eighth Seal's a trippy story. It was like the First Lady, the President's wife, is in a psychiatrist's office and having these crazy visions. When she looks into a mirror, she sees like this demon. And she's like battling schizophrenia and goes to a uh, goes to a school with kids and like passes out and has this crazy dream that she's a demon and just and eats and kills kids. And she tells a psychiatrist it makes her feel better when she has these crazy dreams. So horror kind of doing it right. Just not just we're edged out by the top seven and I'll explain why. But these uh, seven comic books I'm about to discuss, I do spoil them. So spoiler alert and maybe, you know, write a note come back to it later or even just go to sunspotscomics.com hit pull list you can see what my top picks are for all of the past weeks going back all the way to may of this year and that's what my end of the year podcast is going to be i'm going to look through all of them since may try to pick a favorite try to maybe talk about a favorite comic book tv show favorite comic book movie favorite comic book video game favorite comic book uh paraphernalia toy collectible just kind of recap everything for the year and uh oh also before i forget the art winner cover winner was the same person for limbo number two casper wingard there's a j in there w-i-j-n g-a-a-r-d wingard but my goodness is his art amazing and he colored it himself have to give him props for the coloring he just about used every single color in the rainbow and he would at times just it seemed like there were weird neon lights in every room because the character's skin would be blue would be red would be pink it was just gorgeous there is a i want to say 4 8 12 16 32 squares on a two-page splash 32 panels that are gorgeous no dialogue and it tells the story it's just amazing but i'll get more into that because it actually was the a very high pick we'll say <clears throat> and uh, so let's jump right into it coming in at number seven from top cow and image so they must have partnered together for this symmetry from matt hawkins and Raphael. yeah Raphael ienko and this made me think about and feel about the movie The Island with Scarlett Johansson and it and what's his name uh, Ewan McGregor and The Matrix it made me think of that there's an intro part of it here that shows a most of the citizens on the planet must be sometime in the future it's a very cool futury look to it they're all wearing sort of all white which is strange and they're being followed around by these this this one man is being chased by these crazy looking robots with just like they look like um just like an orb like a like a like a buzz lightyear glass top with just a, it's just red and we don't know what he's why he's running but he's running and then he's, he's falling off a building and he's saying like why didn't you tell us the truth boom and then we go back flashback into his birth and it sets this crazy stage of like this isolated world where people get to pick what sex they are and pick their name when they're young 
strange and sort of everything is arranged everything has is clockwork by clockwork and, and everything is timed and their meals are prepared and everything is nutritious everyone is healthy everyone is fit it very much has that sort of the island movie feel if you haven't seen that go see it. it's pretty awesome and uh, so the character picks his he picks to be a boy and he picks his name which I think was Michael uh, Matthew and He's having this just uh, everything. Everyone has the same things, sort of utopian, beautiful skies and day and awesome futuristic uh, feel and look. And then this solar flare, the sun just blasts off this giant sunspot. <laughs> and uh, then it sets this giant ship off course and smashes into their little atrium, aquarium, whatever it is they're living in. And great little cliffhanger that was kind of it it just leaves you there going okay what is this and there's a person there that doesn't look like them and isn't dressed in the white clothing that fell out of this crazy ship that went off course from that giant sunspot so i'm in uh, interesting seems like a could be a well put together flick i can see that happening maybe that's why you see the top cow image partnership so very good that's the number seven number six from dark horse comics rebels by brian wood Andrea Moody, Muddy, and the colors by the amazing Jordi Belair, who she colors everything because she's awesome. But this was a cool little story. It made me feel and think of uh, Dances with Wolves, which is a movie I love. And this had a little bit of that feel. It was, it's a, it's a compound being built by Westerners, by the white man. And they are befriending this young Indian boy that's kind of helping them build this fort, Fort Stalwart. And I know Brian uses, the writer Brian Wood uses some actual factual data in here and then twists it. And that's exactly what you're getting here, but done in such a great way. And it just makes you feel such empathy for this young Indian boy who you know uh, these Westerners are not when he gets older, I'm not going to be treating him, this Indian boy, or his family very well. But at this point in time, he's helping them, getting them water. The Indian boy is helping him build this fort and, and cut wood. And What a harsh time this, this era was. Everything just has a dirtiness to it and a, like your exhaustedness. <laughs> you just feel it. He does a great job in the art conveying that, their facial features, like it's just a hard life, hard times. And as uh, we, we flash forward and the Indian boy now is a, you know, a grown man and scout, preparing to ambush the fort so quickly, it gets to wow, to where he was befriending uh, the Westerners, the um, building this fort, and, and now he's part of a of an Indian you know, on part of a manhunt to take these guys out of this fort, and he knows inside, you know, information on how to get there and how to get to them and how to kill these guys. And so there's a pretty gruesome fight. And then, of course, the the older man and the young Indian boy are reunited. There, Mr. Henderson sees this grown Indian boy now, and they have this conversation, like almost the two of them are saying, you know, why do they have to hate each other? It's just the way it is, and. Even the Indian boy realizes it's just the way it is and kind of puts the friendship aside, but they, they do have kind of a have kind of have, have a moment, a sort of truce in the middle of this 
this massacre, this this murder that, that took place where the Indians were able to basically take out most of the people in this camp. But it's just a, a, a neat glimpse into a real complicated situation. Um, and it's just portrayed really well. It just, it just evokes emotion and you see a little heartbreak there for Mr. Henderson when this young Indian boy they befriended has come there to murder them. But in reality, they're, they're taking the Indian's land. And so, yeah, uh, well done. Well written. Fantastic writing, Brian Wood. And it, it's just in one shot encapsulated, encapsulated story, too, of this Indian boy and Mr. Henderson. So that's why it's my number six. Fantastic read. Just, just enjoyed it. Just fun to look at. So, that was number six. Number five, uh, from Marvel Comics, The Amazing Spider-Man, number four. Uh, from Dan Slott, who has been writing Spider-Man forever, and I enjoy 82.75% of it. It's, it's good stuff. Here he continues, Peter Parker continues to be a billionaire that gives most of his money to the world, which I love that idea. He Spider-Man has my heart. He was one of my first comic books I ever bought or pulled out of a garage sale or got from inside of a under a couch and so spider-man always has my heart and i always rooted for him i know we, he was relatable he had issues and problems peter parker did he was miserable most of the time but i always rooted for him to be successful he was a genius for him to make billions and to give his money to charity and to better the world and that's what he's finally doing in this i don't know how long it's going to last with all of marvel's inconsistency but i'm enjoying it while it goes along so the encapsulation of this story is Nick Fury is going after this Zodiac crew. Zodiacs are the bad guys. Interesting that everyone has a Zodiac symbol and character from Gemini, etc. And they're plotting and planning, and so is Nick Fury. And then Aunt May is in like a African country setting up these solar panels that uh, was set up by Parker Industries, PI. And uh, Peter's flying in the, the spider jet. And he gets a call from Aunt May and has to quickly put on his Steve Jobs-like turtleneck, which he, they describe it as such, and black out the, the spider jet so he can have a conversation with Aunt May. And she's running into some trouble with the uh, local riffraff that don't want them to have their own electricity and power and, wa and clean water of this uh, African country and they're goblins they're all they all have goblin gliders and goblin masks and they're throwing pumpkin bombs and so instead of Peter having to go fight the Zodiac gang he has to you know make an excursion to Africa to save Aunt May so it's just well action-packed I love the non-lethal web shooters that the spider jet has just continues on with his you know him his trying to no one dies, not on his watch, which I don't even know if they hold that concept. That was conceptually something they used in the older Spider-Mans, but seems that he still has that here. And the art is just crisp and fantastic. Cover by um, Mr. Alex Ross. Gorgeous. So just has a full package from the art, from the action in it, from the from the style of Spider-Man here, which is just the, the neon eyes. It's just fantastic. And he's got to save Aunt May. And the the people that are in these, they're all having the goblin jets and the goblin masks. Ultimately tell them that they'll, you know, they'll keep doing this. Are you going to stay here? If you don't, then we'll keep, we'll keep destroying this solar power. And it's just like, it's kind of a heartbreaking aspect there that, you know, 
some people just some countries just don't want our help no matter how much it will help them they don't want us to to, to be the where they feel like we're in power over them so you sort of feel that it has some echoes of of current world situations but still spider-man's doing his best to try to make the world better and he's got to get back now to the zodiac gang but it's just that little little side mission if you will that is a good time because he has to save aunt may and they still have their closeness their heart there they have a moment where it seems like she knows he's spider-man in this which in marvel who knows sometimes she knows sometimes she doesn't know they mix it up it goes i don't know but in this she seems to have quietly agreed that she knows that Peter is Spider-Man and Spider-Man's there and they just have a moment and it's uh, it's heartwarming, it's touching, it's for me it's nostalgic and it's just action-packed fun, good time, well-drawn and beautiful art. So, number four is Marvel number one, Star Wars Annual. Now, I have to admit something, with annuals, uh, I always want to dislike them. They sometimes are just a th in the past. They're throw-in artists or throw-in writers to just do a one-shot, and sometimes it's a what-if. And sometimes, it, in most cases, annuals just sort of break continuity, break the storyline. It stops for a second, and then it's like a what-if or a previously on or a jump to the past or jump to the future. Annuals just can be a little jarring <clears throat> in a lot of ways. So in the past, I started to try to steer clear. I'm glad I didn't steer clear of this. This was a fantastic little Star Wars story about a rebel spy deep in Coruscant after episode four, you know, the Death Star's gone. And he's on a hunt to get the Emperor internally as a, as a rebel spy. He is a, like, a, like a high powered Imperial officer here, or not a medium powered Imperial officer, just trying to get as close as he can to the Emperor to take him out. Well, he gets in contact with Princess Leia, and they say that there's some rebel senators that need to be rescued in this prison. And so he goes in there, and he's he's very superhero-like, the way this character is drawn, which I'm searching for his name. He uses, of course, a spy name and his real name, etc. But I don't remember him ever being referenced in the Star Wars canon before. So uh, this is rebel spy Enib Ray. Uh, goes by the Imperial guy's name, Tharius Demo. Demo. And so he goes to this prison to save these rebel senators. And realizes that the Emperor is there, tries to take the Emperor out, and it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. And he, uh, the Emperor, even has a decoy. He thinks, he sees the Emperor running at one point and just lays down um, blaster fire, just mowing him down in the back. You know, he, he's he's hell-bent on this mission. I love the way that the character's drawn with very singular and without any real conflict there. He's there to kill the Emperor, and it's a decoy. Crazy! And the whole thing is a trap to get all the Imperial spies rounded up into one place, and then the Emperor detonates a bomb and blows the entire prison up. And you're like, what? It returns the Emperor to sort of a just badassery state that makes a lot of sense and feels right and there's a lot more action in it here and some interesting dialogue between the senators and Enib or Therius whichever one he goes by and 
I tell you, well drawn. I mean, the art wasn't the most amazing. It was it was pretty good, I gotta say. Uh, the team here of Kieran Gillen on writing makes perfect sense. Angel Unzueta, not familiar with him. Colorist Paul Mounts did a fantastic job. Way to go there. But just solid in its writing. I gotta say, Kieran Gillen, hats off. I could see this, this is like a standalone Star Wars movie, all by itself, be fantastic. You know, I could see this is a two and a half hour movie. Very well done, that's why it's the number four pick. You should definitely get it. Don't pass it by even though it's just an annual. So now the top three, number three from Abstract Studio and Mr. Terry Moore, Master Terry Moore, Rachel Rising, number 38. <clears throat> he continues to have a very consistent comic. If you haven't bought some of Rachel Rising, get it. If you haven't read Sip Kids, buy it. If you haven't read Strangers in Paradise, it's an omnibus edition, a two-piece giant omnibus, get it. It's worth it. He writes with such emotion and passion. It's poetic. It's it's beautiful. His art, all the facial features, uh, it, it so tells the story so well. It immerses you into these characters. They're human beings, too. They're flawed. They're not perfect. They have good moments and bad moments. It's, it's a slice of life, but with a twist to it. And through Terry Moore's eyes, you see romance. You see happiness. You see love and despair and reality, but in a way that isn't too real. Because, let's face it, when I read a comic and I want to spend a whole bunch of money on comic books, I don't necessarily want deep, dark, sad realism. But he does it in a way to where it's a positive tone and it's about love and it's about truth and it's about wonder and it all just conveys that. So anyway, there you go, Terry Moore. Um, way to go. <laughs> but uh, this furthers the development of this story, which is getting to the core of it, which was why Rachel woke up in a field um, and she's dead and she's a zombie that kind of walks the earth with this rope rope massive rope burn around her neck and they're getting closer to finding out who that person was she's digging into her mind her she's always had these sort of flashbacky things and and swiss cheese memory <laughs> to quote quantum leap <clears throat> and so it's all kind of coming together when she now realizes that she's this sort of fallen angel and she has a good friend that's a like uh works in a morgue and it's disgusting opening shows day-to-day uh, -day life in the morgue world, cutting open some entrails and whatnots and putting them into jars and beakers. <clears throat> and this friend uh, is hell-bent on finding Rachel's killer and even says that she hopes she has that killer on her table, which is just ooh, so gruesome, but so serious because you, you feel from that bit of writing there that this friend of Rachel's is like a real friend really wants to find this killer and dispatch his his or her innards so she's having a flashback moment and you get to see this gosh it's like a it's like the olden times the glimpse of this person that killed her is like the person that works the the noose in like medieval times you know the black hooded figure with a noose around his neck and like no shirt just like black underwear and is choking Rachel in this pit so she has this this emotional moment and like cries and when he even draws the eyes crying here you can just feel it it's just so well done so not hyper realistic but just in a way to where it's 
clean and it's the the lines on the face when he shows crying just seem so realistic and genuine <clears throat> it, it, it evokes that it really does feel that way so they're getting closer in this memory and then you sort of jump out of that and another one of Rachel's friends this young girl that just got a new boyfriend and this this sort of um he reminds me of the kingpin this large white round puffy man um and and he admits that he's loved this this girl for so long and they seem like an odd couple she's you know um athletic and short and he's this behemoth kingpin but they've they're having this just cute moment where they're it's raining and they're in bed together and they're they're holding each other in their arms and she's looking out the window with just this content look on her face and I tell you it it, it gets the eyes a little misty but it's just so well done I gotta say Terry Moore beautiful and then you cut to another scene of these two older women that recognize the bad character um, from seeing her like 60 years ago so ultimately they're on to one of the key characters in this that is <clears throat> this woman that is just insanely evil. Last issue, she, like, torched someone in a front yard. You don't really know why. She's just kind of this evil woman that's just going throughout the town, killing people randomly in gruesome ways. Well, these two older women have identified her, and they remember seeing her from, like, 60 years ago when they were little kids. So, interesting little thing going on there. Wondering what that's all about. And you go back to Puffy Kingpin Man and young... His young girlfriend looking in the, in the rain through the window in their bed and they just have this moment where he has to use the restroom and she just holds on to him <clears throat> and she's like am I am I am I too clingy and he just doesn't even answer just has this content look in his face so it's like two separate completely stories story three stories going on there from that let's find out about who killed Rachel to seeing this this relationship blossom between this couple to the two old ladies that are figuring out that this uh, one of the one of this this oh, this witch is immortal and they remember seeing her 60 years ago so just a, a great blend of a whole lot going on that's just a a whole lot of fun with a, a real emotional powerful tone and feel to it whenever this comes every month I see it and I immediately get excited so abstractstudiocomics.com check out terry moore's work check out rachel rising get it buy it immediately number two one that's been on the top picks a lot harrow county and i think this is going to be it for a while maybe till february march it looks like harrow county number eight written by colin bunn drawn beautifully by um tyler crook he did lettering he did the coloring he did the art beautiful Tyler Cook F fantastic Tyler Crook and this is sort of bringing the two halves of the sister witches to battle uh, the evilers uh, witch was going throughout the town um, and gathering the the haunts in the town that <clears throat> that Emmy had sort of made peace with and I think it's Emmy, because there's the one sister, Emmy, and then the other one. God, the names escape me. You know, I'm horrible with names. I'm so sorry. But there's the evil half of the twin and the good half of the twin. that live. The good half of the twin lives in this town that has learned to deal with her. And these crazy haunts in this town have learned to stay at bay and chill out and, you know, be cool. Well, the evil half-sister that was living in New York and this whole other 
you know, upscale society has come back into town, wanting to claim the town for her own. So, it's a it's a war. They they gather spirits and specters and beasts and monsters and mud creatures and and uh, strange dead zombie kid with no skin and they they kind of go toe to toe. So it's beautifully drawn. It's dark and the way they <clears throat> like ink it like. I've said it before, like watercoloring gives it this warm tone in the face, and it's like you can you see the changing in colors in these in these people's faces, faces from certain emotions and certain moments. Like <clears throat> as the battle ensues, uh, the crazy part of it is that the evil sister makes herself look like the good sister and tricks the father and is about to take the good father out, and luckily Emmy comes to save the day and. They battle each other, and you realize there, too, that the father is also a inanimate golem created. So he's not even a real father. That's the, the big sort of revelation here. He is, you know, made from mud or clay or however they made people that, that these haunts that are throughout this town. And the ending, the way it's done, gorgeous. Very little dialogue. Greens, blues, very dark, but the, uh, the evil sister... They and and the good sister go out to the tree that their mother, or their their whatever the witch they they were born from their essence was born from this evil witch that was buried by this tree, and it comes to life, horrifying. It's very rare that I'll like, kind of get spooked or scared from a comic. This does. You have to see what I'm talking about. The final pages of this showdown, this battle between two twin sisters from two different upbringings. One that wants to be evil, one that wants to be good. It's just so gorgeous and well done and gruesome and beautiful and full of color and life and full of her, her naivety and her innocence it's definitely there but that flashes of confidence that she has to fight for this town and fight for what she believes in <clears throat> is heroic in a witch comic right crazy but well done and of course all the spooky stories shared in the in the letters after the column after and the little single splash page of a little side story of like mold in this house that just comes to life all very creepy but I don't know I, I'm normally not into horror but lately Harrow County has inspired me to look at that that genre and open my mind a little and check a few out to see what it's all about and it's not just about crazy over-the-top horror and death and maiming and violence it's it's these uh, these these tales that have emotion and family and and deep uh, deep emotional resonance and and realistic problems so Harrow County buy it number eight I think we're it's gonna go away for a while so I'm sure they're gonna probably tr collect them in a couple of trades maybe four and four something like that anyway <clears throat> sorry uh, so the number one pick of the week for new comic book day new comic book day December 9th is limbo number two and also the cover winner with this um, like in uh, American Indian with uh, like a tattoo of like a play rewind eject pause buttons on his face like he's a, a VCR remote or something and he has like those old rabbit ears on his head like he is this sort of living embodiment of a, of a television or a radio just this episode oh by the way writer Dan Waters, artist Casper Wiengard, and he did the uh, the coloring as well. Art winner, cover winner, and pick of the week, number one pick of the week, Limbo, number two. 
And I gotta say, I must have just been really craving it or feeling it. This was a very kind of trippy, psychedelic story. The art's gorgeous. It seems in every room there's a different neon light on. So I have these characters have blue skin and pink skin and orange skin and yellow skin or just extremely pale white skin. But ultimately this is a story about a guy that wakes up in like a New Orleans style town with kind of amnesia. But he knows that he's kind of a private investigator, which is strange. He has Swiss cheese memory, <laughs> to quote Quantum Leap. And he has a sort of sidekick, like kind of a voodoo assistant in this bald girl cut right out of the 80s. I'm not sure it is the 80s, but she seems to be like cut right out of the 80s from her look and her style and her clothing and her Sony Walkman. <clears throat> and this has uh, this private investigator, our main character, that witnesses a murder of this like drug lord with a luchador mask on <clears throat> so he thinks wow i've got a hot ticket here i got some got some hot scratch coming i got i got the i got a vhs recording of a the drug dealer you know killing someone in town i'm gonna make some big moolah well he's starting to play the tape back of the murder and it goes staticky in an almost a poltergeisty moment this crazy indian character just comes right out of the television and his arm comes through it, spooky. Pulls him into the, into the television of this psychedelic, trippy-looking world. Or is he just on drugs? You're not sure. Is it, was, he just, was he just drugged? And it's jumping around in this inside-the-television world, like into kind of like a David Letterman kind of studio and like a, in a, in a Tonight Show-type environment. And yeah, they're pulling knives out on him and they're trying to stab him. And the, the crowd is like these weird, like, mannequins. It just has this weird, twisted, psychedelic, crazy dream sort of feel to it, and it works. I would say in most scenarios, that might turn me off a little. I might be like, huh, psychedelic trip, like, like what, I'm on acid or something? I don't know. But this just does it right. And they turn the channels, and then it goes from a different sort of look to sort of cartoony look, like Heathcliff, or, uh, you know, Woody Woodpecker, or... You know, Felix the cat kind of feel to it Strange the channels keep changing the perspective keeps changing the point of view from the art uh, standpoint changes And then you see this crazy Indian television monk with the rabbit ears floating around and telling him that he does work for the luchador drug dealer and uh, Yeah, he's not going anywhere ever, but thank goodness that Sandy when her Sony Walkman on comes to save the day and uh, manages to get a little help from this voodoo specter. Good help, bad help? Is she really there to help our main character? Not really sure. So there's a there's a little bit of a, hmm, a well done writing there with like, ooh, is the helper good? Is the helper bad? Not sure. But there's even a little Max Headroom appearance here. And then there's a 4, 8, 12. Uh, there is a 24 panel double page splash here that is truly memorable I want to just frame it immediately it's gorgeous you have to see this you have to buy it in paper don't look at this digitally because digitally is gonna fill that frame and that forced perspective whatever it's called look you want to see all 24 of these panels because he's crossing over into them again he's like trying to escape the television set with Sandy's help and then finally you know she does kind of come to the rescue but it's there's even uh, an 8-bit video game aspect inside the TV and she's able to do this sort of voodoo spell that allows him to 
super punch out basically the bad guy i mean it is just i love to say all over the place i know that's one of the terms i use but it is friggin all over the place and, and that, you know that maybe doesn't always resonate with me something being this cuckoo crazy go nuts but it does this week <clears throat> maybe with everything going on who knows but yeah uh it ties into a little cliffhangery ending there i won't completely spoil that but just an interesting crazy uh psychedelic romp and the art is gorgeous from how the crazy indian dude is drawn to our main character to how he draws so many different style of styles here and it's just a schizophrenic mess that makes sense and it's fun and i want to see what happens next that's why it's the number one pick of the week for new comic book day december 9th and the art cover winner and the artist winner so it's a definite buy go grab one and two buy them at a local comic book shop on paper yes that's right paper and that's gonna do it that's the show that's the number one such a good number one too and uh, it's, um, it's gonna have to be a consideration for the end of the year show because it's that good even though it's you know december who cares so fantastic so uh, please check out sunspotscomics.com you can check out my poll lists you can check out all the top picks previous all the way running from back to may check us out instagram facebook and twitter at sunspots comics if you have a question concern want a recommendation in a comic or just uh, have a maybe a, a tip something that you feel would make the show better makes you more interesting or just have a question for me please write me at uh, my email chris at sunspotscomics.com if you write me and it's interesting and i talk about it on the show you will win a comic book prize so send it on in and uh, hope uh, your holidays are going well i'll talk to you very soon next week is only 13 14 it looks like not very not very many number ones to even look at so next week should be smaller but uh thank you very much for listening appreciate your time hope you have a good one sorry how my voice sounds all clogged but uh, i'm trying to kick it and kick it fast so take care of yourself and oh don't forget of course don't leave home without subscribe to hit play on it is useless to resist don't let yourself be destroyed as obi-wan did
destroy the Emperor. He has foreseen this. It is your destiny. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. 